Welcome to the Show Up Fitness Podcast, where great personal trainers are made. We are changing the fitness industry one qualified trainer at a time with our in-person and online personal training certification. If you want to become an elite personal trainer, head on over to showupfitness.com. Also, make sure to check out my book, How to Become a Successful Personal Trainer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great day and keep showing up. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Show Up Fitness Podcast. We're lucky today to have one of Australia's experts in golf, a physio. We have Mr. Billy right here, and thank you for showing up and teaching us about the life of a therapist in Australia. Chris, I appreciate the kind words, mate, and I'll try and live up to those expectations, but I really appreciate you having me on, mate. You just had thousands, maybe millions of people fall in love with your voice because they're they're tired of my boring American accent, but I always get excited when I hear some some great accents out there. So I'm really excited to chat with you more. Where can people find you to start out? Yeah, mate. So I'm most active on Instagram. So my handle is golf underscore physio underscore Oz, spelled A-U-S. Um, I'm there most days, so people can jump on there if they want to look at my stuff. So for trainers in the States, if you ever see physio in someone's bio, it's usually just making reference to the UK, Australia, as well as Canada. We're the weird ones. We we put like DPT on there. Basically, just means that you have an American who spent a shit ton of money to go to physical therapy school, and now they have a lot of debt, but it's a little different in Australia. So why don't you tell us about that process to become a physio, and then really what you're working on now, because you've created an awesome niche, and you're just kicking ass. Yeah, I appreciate that. So um, in Australia here, there's there's two typical pathways. Either you can go straight from high school, which is um, you know 18-year-olds will finish their high school around that age, jump straight into uni, which is a four-year course, which is what I did. Otherwise, you can do um, a slightly longer path, which is a two-year undergrad, which is normally an exercise science or some sort of health degree. Then you can do a, a three-year master's in physio. That's secondary way of doing it. That's a bit more expensive. You might be looking at probably 70, 70K Australian, which is probably pocket change when you convert that into American. <laughs> or um, the way I did it, I think it was around 35 grand. Um, Australian dollars. But um, yeah, mate, um, it is what it is. And I guess how I've sort of transitioned into what I do now, I love golf. Um, I love working with golfers and um, it's just snowballed, mate. And um, every day I'm working with people that I enjoy being with. So very happy. So cool. So would you say that a person who wants to become a, a physio, do they have, I mean, it sounds like you're more advanced because you knew right from the get-go who you wanted to work with, where I'm sure there's folk who, Maybe they don't know. They want to work with maybe older. Maybe they want to work with younger. And so is there like a common route where in the States they go to insurance-based, pay shit, you're seeing 15, 20 patients a day, and it's just hectic. You know, what is that common route that a lot of Aussie hunks and hunkettes are going to take? <laughs> yeah, and um, I've done a lot of shit work as well. So it took me a little <laughs> while to... To, to figure it out but um like i guess when i finished off i i've always had a passion for golf and i thought okay i want to try and niche down into this and with that being said i'll, I'll then obviously reach out to golf coaches golf stores find referrers that might enjoy what i do and after a while i said hey i have this sort of niche now i can do less shit work i have a bit more say um to my employers 
And after um, years of doing that, I eventually got to the point where I said, hey, I'm, I'm bringing in these these clients. I'm sure I can do this on my own now. So I've been um, very lucky to do that. And for people that are probably trying to do something similar, it's I think dabbling a little bit, try and work out what you like, what you don't like. And if you've got a passion for something, then, then just chase it. I love that. So, I mean, you were able to bring in business and you saw that, you know, this is something I can do by myself. And so now are you working in a clinic or like an independent spot a couple of days a week? What does that look like? Yeah. So there's three locations I'll just contract to. So instead of paying rent for a big gym or buying a facility, I thought it probably makes a bit of sense to me to be a bit more flexible. So any client I see at these facilities, I'll just pay them like a 20% cut, which is our industry standard here if if you're a golf coach so i work on on their standards and a lot of my clients are online mates so i see clients from your side of the world from asia from india which which blows my blows my mind mate like that people reach out but um obviously if they feel like i've got something good to say they they tend to reach out so it's hectic it's so cool because I mean, you mentioned india and and i'm thinking of how sport throughout the world is different. And it's so cool when you understand human movement. That's something we were talking about earlier, where unfortunately the States trainers will get an easy textbook certification. You got the big marketing companies here like NASA and ACE and ISSA. And then they think they know how to train because they understand their body. And they go out there and they start doing weird shit with BOSU balls, hurting people. (laughs) But when you understand the human body, now you're a great coach and you can take a golfer, you can take a rugby athlete, you can take a cricket individual and you can help them optimize their sport performance. And so let's kind of get into the the nitty gritty and working with some golf athletes, because you're looking at explosiveness, type two recruitment, you know, bioenergetics, you're, you're in that PCR system. And so what are some common things that go through your mind when an athlete comes to you now, are they coming to you for more prehab or is it more rehab? They got something jacked up and they're looking to, you know, get fixed. Yeah, and um, I guess it's changed quite a bit, actually, Chris, over the last few years based on a lot of the professional golfers. So people watch the professional game and see what they start to do. And they say, okay, well, if these guys are doing it, maybe I should try too. So there's been a, a general trend in golf. People are trying to hit it further. So a client will reach out to me and say, hey, this pro is hitting it 300 yards. I want to do the same. Whereas let's say five years ago, people would come and see me when they're, when they're broken or when mm. they're feeling shit. So that's starting to um, change, which people are a bit more proactive about their health now, which is really cool. So let's say a client walks in the door. Um, I'll typically do an hour assessment that's either online or, or face-to-face. And from there, I just get a, a body blueprint. So um, a big certification in our field is called the TPI. You may have heard of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we just go through a screening. Being a physio, I'll add in any physio tests if need be. We'll do some basic core and power testing and then from there, get an idea of uh, what that golfer needs. And I'll just dive into my, my general philosophies quickly. So for a golfer, I try and prioritize flexibility first, balance, stability, then comes the strength and power last. Yeah, so what goes through my mind working with some golfers is, you know, you have, let's say, a baseball player, and here in the States, you got like Eric Cressy. He's he's great up there in Florida and Massachusetts. He's like the baseball guy. And so you don't necessarily want to be perfectly balanced. You're going to have a pitcher who's going to have, you know, 140 degrees of external rotation. And then on the other side, you may have limited 
or increase internal rotation. So when it, when it comes to golf, I'm thinking what's going through my mind is we don't want necessarily to be, you know, perfectly aligned in the sense that you're going to have one side that you're going to have greater probably thoracic mobility. Is that something that you look at contralaterally? So if you have one side that you're going to have a greater range of motion, do you try to even out on the other side or what's going through your process with allowing that person to be powerful so they can drive the hell out of the ball off the team? Yeah, definitely. And I followed um, Eric's stuff for quite a a while. He's done really cool stuff. And um, that reference to the shoulder joint is is super interesting. So I love that stuff. Uh, My general philosophy is if I can get stuff within 90% on the other side, um, Mm -hmm. left and right, I think that's a, a good baseline. I don't believe I'll ever get most clients perfect. But some of the typical things I will see is for, for right-handed golfers, they will lack left thoracic rotation, which is their impact position, because they're all trying to really turn a lot in their backswing. So that's their big focus. Typically as well, they'll lack right-sided hip internal rotation. And there's there's normally a, a lack of shoulder external rotation strength, normally on their right side. Close the gap to, again, potentially avoid injuries. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to make someone a, a perfect piece of art. Exactly. And I think that's what's so great about understanding movement. And if you do try to take, a, you know, this, everyone needs to fit into this block, then it can be messy when you're working with athletes because everyone's different. And so that rotation's huge. And I'm sure you get a lot of common injuries. You hear the infamous you know, golfer's elbow. So when someone comes in, do you experience, do you see that a lot? And why don't you take us through some of the things that you help rehab and prehab that? Yeah, let's go through um, golfer's elbow briefly. And it's something that we we typically see quite a lot. And if they're a right-handed golfer, it will typically be their left elbow because that's the elbow that tends to straighten through the, the golf ball impact. And if you're hitting an iron off grass, typically they're, they're hitting hitting the ground. So that left elbow wrist extensor muscle complex is taking a lot of force. So generally with that, the golfer is either doing a bit too much. Their practice isn't monitored very well. Golfers love practicing so that it's nothing for them hitting a, a thousand golf balls and say, hey, Billy, my, my arm's a bit sore. <laughs> um, so that's <laughs> that's the first thing, getting them um, monitoring their practice load. Um, I like to make sure they've got really good strength through that arm as well. Let's say if they're hitting a club 90 miles an hour into the ground, if they're weak, it's going to hurt. Um, and then having pretty good mobility as well. So they're the general things that I like to see. In terms of rehabbing it, if it's a really shitty injury, it's flared up. Obviously, um, bringing down their, their playing load is, is the first conversation we'll have. Um, so, for example, I'll get players off the course, practicing their chipping and putting instead for a little bit. The acute rehab is going to be a lot of pain management, um, massage, gentle strength work. And typically for most people, we'll build them up through different strength exercises um, all the way up into um, eccentric loading until they're ready to go again. And with that being said as well, some clients like to use stuff such as tape or elbow braces and things like that. And that, that's something you can certainly implement. And I know there was one study, um, I think it was Mike Reynold, who also is in the baseball field, he was mm-hmm. referencing. So uh, if people wear a tennis elbow or golfer's elbow strap, typically their strength of the forearm improves by around 20 to 30%. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cool with clients wearing that. But um, 
with that being said, I'll put a caveat with this. A lot of people that get elbow pain in golf move really shit too, just generally. Um, the big thing that I see is a lack of lead hip rotation. So what tends to happen uh, is they struggle to rotate their body. So then as a re- result of that, the elbow has nowhere to go. It will start to bend and flex as well as trying to keep that straight in position. So if they move really poorly from their lower half or through their upper half, uh, that's another piece of the puzzle. So back to what I mentioned in the in the first part um, of how I see clients is that assessment because I can do everything in my power to get this elbow really strong, but if they still move like shit in their lower half, it's just going to keep coming back. Isn't that so fascinating? You know, if you're not familiar with human movement and what's happening at the body, someone comes in and you say, okay, just do some wrist curls and you know, you'll be fine. You got to look at the whole global aspect because if you lack that internal external rotation at the hip and that's that's so important to be able to you know look at the whole picture of movement and then be able to give a solution that's going to help them. Uh, sometimes they may need it acutely, but you know long term overall. So yeah, and and that's the thing. Like when I used to be a physio working at these insurance type type clinics, you'd have someone walk in that's a, a ballerina, that's a rugby player, that's a tennis player. And, and my my head goes crazy because I'm thinking, what are the mechanics of tennis? And I, I can do probably a decent job to get them started, but am I going to give them the best rehab advice they can possibly get? Fuck no. Mm-hmm. So if I can if I can try and find my niche, understand the mechanics decently well, I think I can do a better job. And that's where I guess people get a, a decent result. They tell their friends about what I've done, and then it, it tends to organically grow. And look, it's probably the same with your business too, Chris. If you're training surgeons. It might be a little bit different too, hey? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. I love that you're able to really build your brand and establish yourself. Now, in the future, does Billy want his own studios? Do you want to have this, you know, this awesome, maybe you make your own certification, TPI Billy style. Now, what, where do you see yourself moving forward? Is Because you have that entrepreneurial spirit and you want to keep on, do you want to keep on you know, expanding? So what does that look like? So cool question, mate. And um, it always it always changes. And um, I guess sort of year on year, I'm just taking as it comes. Like at the moment, I'm trying to service my clients the best I can. Um, a lot of a lot of physical therapists and, and trainers reach out to me on on Instagram saying, "Hey, mate, how did you do this?" So mentorship something that I, I certainly would consider. Um, but um, I, I'm one of those guys that likes to keep a good lifestyle too. So. Uh, like I prioritize my health um, first. So if I'm not training every day, if I'm not sleeping well, that's where I start to go a little bit batty. So if I can try and, um, again, open these other entrepreneurial journeys whilst keeping my health, I will. But at, at this moment in time, I'll stick to the clients. And if opportunities like that come up, Chris, I'll try and tap into them. So what do you see is, not what do you see, but when it comes to a client comes in, you fix them up, do you have someone on your team who you you report to or you then refer the next client to? Or do you work with a strength coach or a trainer and do you guys have that relationship? Or is it, nope, come to Billy, get fixed, and then they're out doing their own thing? Yeah, yeah. So so most of my clients come and see me. Like I'm a physio. I've got my strength coach certifications. And um, if I ever feel like I'm at a limited capacity to service them, I'll always refer out. But most of my clients, I work in a relationship with golf coaches really closely. Typically, coaches will say they're not moving very well. Mm. They might be having pain or injury. So they'll reach out to me and then we'll sometimes feed them back. 
I will say though, um, I do work with some nutritionists and some psychologists as well. Oh, cool. So that's that's yeah. So that, that's that's probably the um the team approach, mate. Um, but look, I, I'm always looking to get better and and potentially expand because um again, I think if you can get your client a really good result, that's probably the the best thing possible as a business. And um, it makes me happy as well if if a client's getting back to golf and playing better and and feeling better in that process too. That's so great. I mean, you're a, you're a collected young bloke, and you're uh, uh, very inspired to talk to you. So I appreciate you taking your time today. And again, where can people find you? Yeah, so it's golf underscore physio underscore Oz AUS on Instagram. They can find me there. Um, my website's in that in that um, bio there. So, look, if anyone wants to reach out, by all means, there's a little free mobility guide there as well on Instagram. So, that's a little plug for anyone that wants to start. And, um, yeah, if you want some mentoring, reach out and I'll, I'll see what I can try and do for you. I love that. And so, if you want to get some additional search, you can look into the TPI and that's really getting into the golf. And they have a few different levels of that. I think like two, three, and uh, it gets up there. I, one of our uh, people on our board of education, Dr. Waterbury, in some shape or form, he was involved with that. I don't know if he's just really good friends with one of the founders or if they consulted with him. He's a pretty well-known therapist here in the States. So uh, it's, a, it's a great certification if you're going to be focusing on working with golfers. So, Yeah, 100%. And it's a great place to start. It's a great marketing tool. Most golf players will know Titleist, the brand, so they've got that that yep. legacy with them. So it's it's a great place to start. I love it. Well, I get, this is so cool. You can be on Wednesday. I'm on, I'm on Tuesday and we're having a great conversation. And, you know, when we get down to Australia and we start opening up some show ups down there, we'll make sure to have some some drinks. What's your favorite type of beer? At the moment, I'll go with a, a pale ale. Stone and Wood is a, is a brand here. Okay. Um, nice. But look, um, if the beer is cold, mate, I'll drink whatever's on. I love it. I love it. I grew up in Chico and they have a pretty good pale ale up there. So, We'll have to share one of those sometime. Again, thank you for your time today. No, thank you very much, Chris. I really appreciate it. All right, we'll see you.